You have to realize how outsiders feel going into a brand new big church that, and I knew some people, but I mean, like, I felt like somebody way out of their, way out of their comfort zone. And we had, I, mean, I had several people who would go out of their way to make me feel welcome. And, you know, I was, I was wondering if that's what I do for other people. Salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Each of us has a unique story of how that takes place. In this series of podcasts, members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. Here now is my Grace Life story. Welcome into another episode of My Grace Life Story. My name is Matt Fowler. I'm the Senior Associate Pastor at Grace Life Church of the Shoals. Brother Tim Martin is joining me and helping us out with all the technical side of things today. And we have with us Mark and Dana Wallace. Mark and Dana, how are y'all today? Uh, we're doing well. I'm doing well. Doing good, good. yes. Did y'all have a good day? Busy day at school. Busy uh, day at school. Yes. It's never boring in fifth grade, so yeah, it's enjoyable, though. <laughs> now, Dana, what about you? Are you Somewhat retired, right? Yes. Or are you back in teaching something? I or am doing reading intervention work okay. at March school oh, three days you. a week. Yeah. And occasionally I'll do an adjunct class at UNA when they okay. need me. All right. But you did kind of retire. I did. Right? Okay. I tried. No one really retires anymore, <laughs> right. I don't think. They just retire That's and they right. do something different most of the time, right? <laughs> yes. All right, good. Well, let's let's kick these things off by just talking a little bit about, just introduce yourself, a little bit about what you do. If I talked a little bit about that, but a little bit about who you are and then we'll go from there. My name's Mark Wallace. I've, I've been married to Dana. We started dating when we were in high school, got married when we were in 1990. We have three kids, John Mark, Nicholas, and Sarah, and we have three grandkids, Angela Grace, Camden, and Ruby Ann. And uh, I've been here at this church since, well, visiting since 86, and, and then I ended up getting saved in the fall, I believe I'm correct, the fall of 1989 when Bill Stafford was here. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. So I remember been, Bill yeah. coming, though, and preaching. Yep. So, yep. yeah, awesome. All right, so you guys dated in high school, huh? That's right. Where'd you go to, to high school? Went to the uh, Deschler High School. Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers. Deschler yeah. Tigers. And uh, <laughs> we, I think, uh, met in 10th grade, and I believe we started dating in between our 11th and 12th grade year so. We've known each other for a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so well, how about that? I think Kristen and I also maybe yeah. kind of started courting a little bit in around yeah. 10th grade, and so right. we follow you alls story yeah. a little bit that yeah. way. So, all right, Dana, a little bit about yourself? Well, first off, I want to mention that we have two daughter in loves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I'm trying to keep Mark out of trouble. <laughs> Taylor Wallace and Anna Wallace, who are married to our boys. I was an educator for... Over 30 years, I retired with the Muscle Shoals City School System. Okay. I taught my first year at Covenant Christian, right. taught third grade. Um, at Muscle Shoals, I was in between first and second grade, kindergarten, and the transitional class that we call pre-first. Okay. I have a real love and passion for education. Great. And because of that, I could not fully retire, yeah, <laughs> as I, I mentioned you. earlier. Right. But yeah, Mark and I have... Been married, it'll be 33 years here in a couple of weeks. And we dated about six years prior to that. And so we've been together a long time. Something else that I think is special for us is we have all four of our parents still living. Oh, wow. How about that? So, yeah. and they're very active, um, very involved in our lives and yeah. in our grandchildren, which will be their great grandchildren. Yeah. Wow. So, well, that's wonderful. Well, great. Yes. All right. Well, let's, uh, I normally start 
with with the man here, and we start talking about the testimony. But I'm going to start with you today, Dana. I want you to share with me a little bit about your testimony of conversion. So walk us through when you came to know the Lord and how the Lord's worked in your life over the years. So give us some info on that. Okay. I grew up in a Christian home. Okay. I went to church at a small rural country church at New Bethel, okay. New Bethel Baptist. My dad served as a deacon there. Uh-huh. My parents had us in church every time the doors were open. Did you have siblings? Yes, I have a younger brother okay. named Derek. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we work out with Derek from time to time. I should yes. Know. So, yeah. And right. he has visited here on occasion. But when I was six years old, my dad said that I ran him from outside playing and asked him what I needed to do to be saved. And so he'd walked me. He said, it shocked him. Do and you I ran, remember this, or is this like a faint memory, and he remembers it more I than really you? I really think or? this is based on what my dad's told me. Okay, all right, gotcha. He said, I ran back outside, and he thought, I need to get her back in here. Right. Because what if she runs out in the road or something sure. happens, you know, and she's asking me to be saved. So dad led me. Dad always used the Roman road mm-hmm. to salvation. He led me through that, and I made a profession of faith. Okay. Now... For years, I struggled with assurance. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really not quite sure that that was a true conversion experience. And because of that, I actually was baptized a couple more times. I just struggled so much with assurance. Um, And I think the main reason was I struggled for so many years, even until just just in the last, say, 10 years that I actually feel better about this, but I struggled with sinning. Mm -hmm. If I committed a sin, I felt like I could not be saved. Hmm. I thought I had to be sinless, I guess. almost like a perfectionism sort of doctrine, right? I struggled with that so much, and Mm -hmm. it kept me a lot of times from meeting with God, having a quiet time, because I struggled with guilt. And so I grew up struggling with that a lot. So I'm really not sure when I became a Christian, and I hate that. I'm so jealous of people who can say, (laughs) this was my spiritual birthday, you know. I can't say that. But Mm -hmm. I do know that there was a time when I knew I was different. Sure. And that no longer was a problem for me. I knew that, you know, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And that when I sin... God forgives me. Yeah. And, you know, there's that verse in Psalms 103 about he forgives you from your sins as far as the east is from mm-hmm, the west. Mm-hmm. You know, and then again in Matthew, is it 18 about, you know, forgiving you 70 times 7. Right, sure. And so I really, I meditated and, and used those verses a lot, you know, to try to get past that. Now, when I was 17, I started working at Funland. In Florence. And that's old school right there, man. Water slide and go-karts. I mean, I think every Little League end-of-the-season team party, you know, when I was a kid, it was at Funland. You know, that yes. was the place to go. So I'm sorry, I interrupted. I, I no, was being a no. bit nostalgic there, but I can remember Funland. So go ahead. And half of First Baptist Church Muscle Shows youth group work there. Okay, all right. <laughs> Vicki Kopfelter, right. okay. Doug Cruz, you know, yeah. Christy Wiginton's brother, yeah. Lynn Griffin, Miss Martha's son. There you go. There was numerous. Gene uh, Griffith, okay. you know, several of us. And Gene, I don't know if y'all remember Gene. I do but, not, um, but Tim probably does. Tim's church historian always said him in these podcasts. Oh, so. she is near and dear to my heart because she truly is the reason that I ended up here. Okay. Or God used her, you know, right. to bring me here. But she started inviting me to church. And this was so right— So at this point when you're 17, you're still going to New Bethel? I am. Okay. 
But I would come here and visit, and I would attend youth events. I was, that was right about the time that Brother Jeff was finishing up, I think, as a youth pastor okay. here. So I got in on the accountability notebook, oh, yeah. and that yeah. changed my life. Yeah. Great. So Gene kept inviting me, and I got to the point where I wanted to become a member. Mm-hmm. And I talked to my dad, and he said, you know, Dana, you're 17. You're under my leadership right now. I just feel like you need to stay in church here. He said, but when you turn 18, mm-hmm. if you feel like the Lord is still leading you there, you have my blessing. Yeah, okay. And so the summer after I graduated high school, yeah. I joined here. Okay. That was a long time ago, 1986. <laughs> uh-uh. But I have grown so much since I've been a member here at Grace Life. So, so, what, so what was that transition like? You know, going from, I mean, obviously you've been at New Bethel for... Basically, your entire life. Yes. And, you know, I'm assuming were you still living at home even after you graduated high school? So you're still living at home, but he's given you his blessing at that point to to come to what was then First Baptist Church of Muscle Shoals. And so what was was so different about First Baptist that the Lord used to kind of draw you this way? I know you've already mentioned an individual's name, but but what else was there that that made you make this decision of, you know, I think think it's time for me to go to, to a different church? You know, I just, I could not get over how much I was growing spiritually here. And not that the truth wasn't being preached at New Bethel. As a matter of fact, let me mention this. Dwight Wilson, who is a member here, was my childhood pastor. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, not when I was, at the time that I made a profession of faith as a six-year-old. Right. He was there. Now, he wasn't when I left to come here. But just, you know, I'd never heard the term quiet time. Mm -hmm. That was news to me. You know, um, the accountability notebook, like I've already mentioned, helped me grow so much. Just a genuine love of the people here. I was just growing so much. Now, there were some wonderful godly people at New Bethel, and they encouraged me growing up. You know, I would sing solos, and we had GAs and Awanas and all that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I was very active in all that, and some very sweet people who would encourage me, send me cards in the mail, would teach me scripture and pray with me, and I have a very special place in my heart for yeah, those folks amen. at New Bethel. And so I, I guess the answer to that question would be, I just felt like I was growing okay. here. Yeah. And there was a lot offered here for someone my age. Mm-hmm. In a small country church like that, you don't have a large youth group or college right. group. And a lot of times you don't have ministries, mm-hmm. you know, for those yeah. ages. Okay. All right, good. All right, well, let's put a pause. Kind of okay. So you're here. You're you're at yes. First Baptist now, 19, 1986? Yes. You said. All right. So Mark, kind of walk me through a little bit of, of your testimony as well, and some of what God's doing in your life as you grow up, and eventually, kind of how you get, uh, at least initially, get here to First Baptist. Well, I grew up off of my parents. Like I said, we may, I have a brother, and we lived in Tuscumbia, and my mom attended the Catholic Church, so that's where me and my brother. Grew up with uh, attending basically our entire life. It was, you know, to, looking back at that time compared to this, it's two totally different things, you know. But right. I wouldn't say I would. We would be in church every every Sunday, but we were definitely pretty faithful to attend. Uh, me and my brother would attend church every Sunday or whatever, and really didn't have much Wednesday night or Sunday night services. So we were. We would grow up. We grew up in the Catholic Church, and we would we just sort of 
went along for forever until until like I said until me and Dana started dating. I definitely had some friends who were I knew who were strong Christians, and I had you know mm-hmm. some influence there. But I was just I guess very I'm not sure uh, uh, the word of naive or whatever, but. I didn't really have a grasp on the understanding of what a Christian was. I remember vividly uh, one time when I first heard the word, somebody got saved. Okay. I, I, me and two of my friends, we were actually, it was uh, probably the, um, uh, the summer of my sophomore year, and we were... Sophomore we were year, high school? Sophomore high school. Okay, and, high school. Uh, and I heard one of my friends said, uh, hey, did you know so, so-and-so got saved? And I'm I'm thinking like... Because we're always outside and on the river, and I'm like, did he drown or what happened? <laughs> he fell they're off like, the no. boat or something. Yeah, right? that's what that's what. Because we'd always go to the river, and they're oh, like, so and so got saved, and I'm like, what happened to him? They were like, well, you know, he's been going to church and got saved. I'm like, yeah, but what happened to him? <laughs> So they're uh, like, you know, and we, so, have, we have this Christian lingo at times that we forget. Not everybody speaks Christianese. Well, I so, was I know. was in uh, the 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 one hundred and one Christian lingo because I had no idea what that meant. Yeah. So I just played along with okay. it, you know. And I'm like, oh, okay. So it took what, me. What do you remember about the Catholic Church? Uh, like I, I like I grew up in the Methodist Church, right? Right. And I, you know, I was a kid for the right. most part. I, I we came here when I was about eight years old. And so I don't remember a whole lot, but I do remember some. So, I mean, do you remember much about the Catholic yeah. Church, what was well, taught, what, what the process was? I attended the Catholic Church pretty much until I was probably 16 or 17. Okay. So, and one thing about the Catholic Church is, you know, I'm not sure the right terminology maybe, but rich, ritualistic or whatever. It sure. was very predictable right. things that would be going on. The The Mass would be sort of scripted in the same way. They did read scripture, mm-hmm. you know, uh, from different parts. Uh, each Sunday they would read a scripture of the Bible, but the Catholic Church was, you know, it was very predictable on what was going to be said. Would they you, Would they teach it or more or less just read it? During the church service, it would be pretty much read. Like I said, okay. if you could probably go, they would read from a, a specific book except for the scripture that was read that mm-hmm. day. For that Sunday morning, so you could probably remember what would be the next words being said throughout the service. So it was very, you know, it was very, it wasn't very personable per, per se. Um, you know, I'm sure there's Catholics all around the world that might be saved, but mm-hmm. it just didn't really teach a strong relationship. Sometimes, like what what we're used to. Yeah, I, you know, the reason I ask, I've, you know, a couple of things. I don't have a lot of experience with the Catholic Church. Had to study it quite a bit right. in seminary classes. But I, I had a friend when I was a student at UNA. Uh, she was Peruvian. Uh, her name was Flower, actually. Somewhat of an odd name. But uh, she had been raised in Peru in the Catholic Church. And at some point, her family had moved to America. Uh, she was older than me, and she was going back to school, trying to you know get into a different career path. Right. And just in the providence of God, he kind of put her in my path. And, uh, of course, Kathy Underwood and Joyce McIntosh, I was in the PE department there, and so they were there teaching, and so they obviously were, you know, ministering to her as well. And, uh, you know, just in the goodness of God, I got a chance to invite her here one time for a service, and I, I didn't know if she would be up for that or not. I, like I said, I, you know, a lot of people in South America, they, they are strict Catholics down there. Just, you know, we, we don't do anything but Catholicism. But, you know, I think the Holy Spirit had made her somewhat curious about, who we were, and she would ask me. I'd read my Bible sometimes while I was waiting on a class to start, and she would always be like, "Why are you doing that? Shouldn't you be studying?" And I was like, "Well, I, I am. I'm studying something better than physical education." And 
So anyway, but when she came here, one of the things when she would visit, and she visited quite a bit, one of the things she would always walk away and she would say, I've never heard the Bible explained. She would say, now they would read the Bible in her Catholic services that she attended in South America when she was living in Peru. But she said, I've never heard anyone say, okay, here's what this verse Here's the, the reading of this verse, but here's what this means. Correct. Here's what's being communicated. And so I, I don't know that she was ever converted. I, you know, I, I still from time to time will remember her, pray for her. I, she doesn't live in the shoals anymore, so I don't see her. But she was always, I mean, she was dumbfounded that she could come here and learn actually what the Bible taught. It's just a surprise to her because right. she'd never heard that before. So I, I didn't know if that was a common, if you remember anything like that or not. It, it so. may not be everywhere, but that's pretty much what, as I remember, very predictable. Right. You know, it's, it wasn't necessarily expanded upon. Uh, it was the, the Bible, like I said, uh, w- was read different chapters, different verses was read each Sunday, mm-hmm. but it wasn't pulled apart, picked apart, dove deep into gotcha. what the true meaning was. So okay. so needless to say, when I first visited, uh, and I've been to other churches before I came to, actually it was the exciting First Baptist. Right. Yes. So, you had to include the adjective yeah, I got at that point exciting, so, uh, <laughs> But I, w- I would go t- uh, to church with some friends here or there, but once uh, you know I started coming here, a lot more often, a lot more regular. It definitely different from what I was used to. So yeah. Uh, so so yeah. So you, as you said, you're kind of in Christianity 101 right. coming out of the Catholic Church in here. So you know, first few times you visit somewhere besides the Catholic Church, was that like just a really odd? And now I've been to one Catholic service for a class in seminary. We actually had to the professor assigned us a homework assignment where we had to go to two services, not our own, that would be different. Right. And so, you know, I went to a service at the Cowboy Church of Colbert County. Yeah. That's very different from what we do here at Grace Life. And then Seth Channel and I, Seth, who now pastors up right. in Iowa, we went to a Catholic Mass. Now, we didn't participate in the Mass because we felt like that would have been dishonoring to the Lord. But, you know, now, you don't talk about the opposite ends of the spectrum. <laughs> Cowboy Church... Catholic Mass. I mean, you know, at the Cowboy Church, we sing Happy Trails at the end of the service. At the Catholic Church, you know, the priest is drinking the rest of the wine before we get out of there. But anyway, you know, Seth and I, it was very apparent (laughs) that we had no clue what we were doing. I mean, you know, people are kneeling, and we're like, oh, my gosh, where are we supposed to kneel? People are standing, and we're like, oh, we're supposed to stand up, you know. So so that was us going into the Catholic setting. So you're coming out of the Catholic setting into a more evangelical setting. Was it kind of like... Well, it was hey, e- when do y'all kneel? When do y'all stand? It, it was easier. I just sat there a lot more often. So, so <laughs> absolutely. I yes. just, uh, yeah, you know, when in Rome, I just did like the Romans, and when they were sitting still, I was just sitting still. So it was pretty easy, you know. But I got you. But when I was, you know, I will say this because this is very important for all of our members at our churches. Is um, I actually had several people. I mean, like you have to realize how outsiders feel. Sure. Going into a a brand new big church that, and I knew some people, but I mean, like I felt like somebody way out of their, were way out of their comfort zone, and we had, I, mean, I had several people who would go out of their way to make me feel welcome, mm-hmm. and you know, I was, I was wondering if that's what I do for other people. Lane Griffin was be one of them. He would go out of his way and be so friendly and that sort of cuts down on the edge that I might sure. have. Absolutely. Gene Griffin who's passed away and 
and she's gone to heaven, she would literally go out of her way to make me feel so comfortable. Mm-hmm. Laura Livingston at the time. We had things. several people who would actually go out of their way just to make you feel comfortable. Mm. And, you know, I think, I mean, the Lord's sovereign, and he's going to save who he's going to save. But it, if your job is to be one of those people, is that what we're doing? Amen. Yeah. I mean, like, am I doing my job each and every day to to know when to reach out to people, when to make right. them feel? Because, the, you know, you've got to be prepared when you come to church. And if you're feeling so, like, out of place that, you know, you don't feel comfortable, you don't want to be there. It's going to be hard to listen to the word, but when you have people there greeting you, going out of their way, you know, being nice. I remember back in the day when Vance Pittman used to invite me over, of all people, to play cards with the guys at night. And I'm like, you know, I mean, maybe I might be, you know, maybe this is not a bad place after all. So there's so many people who went out of their way to make you feel comfortable there. And that's something that we all need to remember is, you know, we have a a, uh, responsibility sharing the word obviously but it is about reaching out to people and encouraging people and making them feel welcome and you know that's uh so those are some people who really had a positive impact on my life just for me first getting here so i could hear the word right norman and d rich and amy rich used to Mm -hmm. wait on him to come through those doors yeah they were looking for him yeah amen it's awesome Um, because we we did have a there were some people who said, you shouldn't be dating Mark. <laughs> and I mean, they were right. 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 I was a Christian and, you know, yeah. he was not. But, boy, were they encouraging to him as far as coming to church. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, God worked our situation out. Right. Praise right. Jesus. Yes. That's, that's great testimony. <laughs> so, you, so, Mark, all right, so, so transition for me a little bit now. You're here visiting. Right. you got folks that are reaching out to you. On a number of levels, whether it's right. waiting, you know, at the door of the church for you to come in, or it's hey, come play cards with us, and so you know, the church body right. obviously is is really involved at this point. So, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about how the Lord maybe started to begin to work in your heart, reveal the gospel to you a little bit. Well, one thing too, you know, uh, we used to have regular Monday night visitations, mm-hmm. and that was always a great night for me not to be at home because <laughs> you and a lot of other people in the shoals learned that Monday night either I cut my light off or I go somewhere because That's the right. first baptism. Just people are coming. <laughs> They're coming, and I, I remember uh, uh, Steve Bradley would come by, and uh, a couple other gentlemen that can't remember their names. But that was, you know, so I mean, so I was feeling conviction because I knew what I knew what they were coming for, and I felt I didn't understand everything, but I just felt, I guess, the word is conviction because I knew I wasn't right spiritually where I needed to be, I, but at the same time, I was learning so much about so much about the word and from my background i knew i didn't have a true relationship right. I, I probably was a i i don't know i would guess maybe i was a good person mm-hmm. you know but i mean but i knew that there was something that i was missing and during all this transition uh during all this time my brother was actually who grew up in the catholic church who was a little bit older than me he was actually attending highland church in florence so here we, we have two different people, you know, who's actually attending two different churches, and he actually got saved before me. Okay. And uh, sort of fast forward for him, he was in the military for a while, served in Germany, but now he's out 
he's out of the been out of the army for a long time. He's actually a, a missionary or a preacher in Mexico City, Mexico, oh, wow. right now. Hmm. So, you know, the Lord can save a lot of different people to do, to do His work. But yeah. f- when I was here, I was feeling, I felt the conviction. I was coming to Sunday school, coming to a lot of events. And I just kept on hearing the word, and I knew I wasn't saved because at that time, it's pr- I've probably been attending at that time, you know, a year, year and a half, maybe two years or whatever, probably a couple of years at least. And the more you sit under Bob Pittman and then Brother Jeff was the lead pastor, you you really understood where where you stood. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew that I wasn't saved, but I battled that for a long time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, like I said, not only reached out to me, encouraging but you know they would share the word with me and it was always sort of related around the word for the people that were at the church and and I remember specifically there's different revivals through those years but Bill Stafford came that day uh, that week and I, I just felt the conviction and and it's funny how the Lord works during one of the services I was like okay Lord I know I'm not saved and I know I need to get my life right but I'm not going up there unless you give me a a sign that I need to go up there. And immediately Dana elbowed me and said, do you need to get your life right? So I said, okay, Lord. Uh, that was I, a sign of signs is what that was. was. It, literally, that's what happened. So, yeah. Well, and I don't know if you remember this, Mark, but Phil and Becky Baggett, who were instrumental oh, yes. in our correct. lives during our college days, right. um, they were our teachers, yeah. and we did a lot of So, so at this time, you guys were both college students. Yes, right. Right. yes. Okay. yes. Okay. And we were sitting beside them that day, and I thought I was going to faint mm-hmm. when he stepped out right. and headed down the aisle. And I don't remember if it's Phil or Becky. I could feel one of them literally holding me up. <laughs> I don't know if they would remember that. But uh, I, did, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe he had taken that step. Yeah. Wow. So what what year was that? That was uh, I, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think it was the fall of '89. It could okay. have been the uh, it could have been the spring of '89, but you, it was '89. Been visiting for a couple of years, uh, then, probably about there, two right? years. About two years. Like I said, yeah. there was a lot of people who put a lot of time and effort and energy into yeah. me, and and you know really tried to include me in a good way for for a specific purpose of mm-hmm. just encouraging and reaching out spiritually to me but they did it through other other means like I'm, like I said they they included me in a, a lot of different things they wouldn't have to include you into right. so that's a you know that was very encouraging that we should always whoever's it's, it's not it's not unusual for God, but God puts people in our lives for different reasons, yeah. and we have to be very cognizant of who those people are and why those people are there. Yeah. And we're not—I'm not perfect on it right now, but you know, the Lord does do that. Yeah, Amen. Well, you know, you gave the exhortation earlier just on you know people visiting and making them feel comfortable, and you know, just listening to your testimony, Mark. I, you know, I, I would imagine that there are probably. You know, and you've mentioned some names here, but but there are even others oh, that over ton. the course of two years, and they probably didn't even realize, you know, when they were doing that. I mean, obviously, they were doing it to honor the Lord, to reach out to you and things of that sort. But it's a good reminder for our folks. I mean, I think even about just small group ministry and the way we kind of have that structured here at Grace Life. And, you know, I, I know sometimes you can feel like, man, I, you know, I've reached out to this person, and I, I don't know. I don't know if the Lord's doing anything there. And, you know, but, but it, it's not always an instant. I mean, you know, 
just your testimony itself, that that's a couple of years of ministry and a couple of years of the Lord dealing with you. And you, and you know, I think you use the word battling. I'm battling mm-hmm. in my heart and soul what God's doing. Am I truly converted? I mean, you know, all of this. And, you know, just an encouragement to just keep on keeping on. You know, I, I, I don't know. We live, in a, we live in a world in which everything can almost be had instantaneously. I mean, you can get on Amazon and get a package the next day almost <laughs> now. So we, we want to see that instant gratification. But, you know, ministry, a lot of the times it just doesn't work that way. And it takes a touch from this person, a testimony from this person, uh, uh, sermons and, and small group lessons and the preaching of the Word. And the Lord uses all of that to to draw us to Himself. And, you know, it, it's a good reminder for all of us that just, you know, we just have to keep on being obedient to the Lord and trust that He's going to do that work in His timing. Now, mm-hmm. I, I like my timing a lot of times, <laughs> but but the Lord does it in His, uh, you know, and so it's a... It's a wonderful testimony. So, all right, so you guys are here, and, and now the Lord's worked in your life, Mark, and, and you guys are dating, you're college students. And so, obviously, at some point, this thing culminates in you guys saying, I do, and right. you get married. So, walk us through a little bit of that as far as your relationship is concerned. You mean like leading up to that? Yeah, or? sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course. Once he became a Christian, I felt like, oh, this is great. You know, You've got your guy now, right? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Whenever I would bring a guy to the house, my dad had several questions for me. Well, really, basically three. Does this is drink? good information. <laughs> you know, so all dads listening should pay attention to this part right here. Yes. Does he drink? <laughs> okay, that's a good question. I like the question. Um, is he faithful to church? Good question. And where does he go to church? Yes, all, all so good questions for dads. I remember dad's when dads. my dad asked me that, I looked at my dad and said, Dad, Mark is like, we're good friends. He's mm-hmm. like a brother to me. Right. I would never consider marrying him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good to know what and she then, originally thought of you. Yeah. That you were uh, not married. I don't know if that's yeah. a compliment or what. <laughs> I don't know. We are today. Uh, but we spent time as friends in high school talking about who each other was dating, trying mm-hmm. to help them, you know, fix their dating issues. Right, right. And, and I remember Mark looking at me one day and saying, you're not doing anything this weekend. I'm not doing anything. We're not dating anybody. Let's go to the movie, you know. <laughs> But of course, I've already shared that it was it was tough through a few years right. with you know me being a Christian, him not being a Christian. Right. But but as soon as he became saved, it just things just seemed to just fall into place. Sure. So he proposed in September, I guess, of '89. So, yes. Yeah. So okay. I think you did. I think it was the spring when Bill Stafford came in. Okay. And then we were married in May of '90. Okay. Brother Jeff married us. All right. And my uncle Frank Whitaker, who's a pastor, participated in that ceremony as well. And would that have been in what's now the chapel? Used to be the old auditorium. Used old to be the main auditorium. So oh, we, we you're were, tell that story. Uh, <laughs> it was funny back then. Uh, before we got married, I believe we had. The color of orange carpet in the uh, in the uh, on the floor, the year, yeah. and we were there was news that we were renovating it, and I think it became uh, what would that, that be rose and mauve or whatever <laughs> the uh, was blue. blue and that. So anyway, oh, yeah. so we were actually the second couple who got married. In with the with a, re, a newer version the of new the colors. old auditorium, or, which was the only auditorium. And it matched yeah. our wedding colors. And it matched our <laughs> so. wedding colors. And I can't remember who was the first one, but I anyway. I know, we, but our friend Jean that we keep talking about got married right. in March, mm-hmm. and she was so jealous that we had the new carpet. Oh, okay. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so you guys 
get married. That's in 90? 1990. Mm-hmm. You said? May okay. So, so where are you at in life in 90? Are you done with school and working, or what, what's the state Dana, of life here? Dana just finished. She was just finishing her degree okay. in the spring of 90. So she literally finished in early May, and then we got married gotcha. just a couple weeks later. Okay. I was still in school, <laughs> still in college at the time. I didn't finish that time, but so... Sort of a hectic time. Both sure. of us in school. I My was, mom told me I couldn't get married until I graduated okay. college. All right, gotcha. So I graduated one weekend and got you married, married the, the next, next weekend. Yeah. And yes. she says she'll never forgive me for that. <laughs> that it was so hard. Uh, <laughs> and we were uh, financially speaking, uh, Dana was making minimum wage. Yeah. And I was making a whopping five dollars an hour. Yeah. I was making more than minimum wage. So, <laughs> but needless to say, we uh, we you know we. We didn't move into marriage, buying a house and all that sure. like uh, some people get to. So we, you know, we struggled through. And then Dana, like she says, she taught at Covenant Christian School for a year, and then I finished my degree. I was actually in at that time. I was in. I had a business degree. So, okay. and then I eventually went back. So uh, we we got married. Just it was a busy time in our life. Coming Absolutely. out, of being in college, Dana finishing college and starting a new career in teaching. So it was very very busy during that time. All right, so, so you guys are married now. You're starting, starting real life, I guess we can say. You know, real life probably starts right. after college, right? And uh, you're still here at Grace Life, and you guys have been here ever since. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, from the time you guys start visiting and what did we say, 1986, until now it's 2023. Talk to me a little bit about how the Lord has used Grace Life Church to change you guys for His glory, to conform you to the image of Christ, and maybe, too, some some changes you've seen at Grace Life Church through the years, because you guys, you've already talked about some of them, carpet colors. Yeah. Carpet colors change here <laughs> from time to time. But maybe still more substantive changes, you know, than we're talking about just the carpet. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, how the Lord's used the ministries. It could be small groups. It could be the preaching of God's Word. It could be missions. I mean, it could be a number of different things, but how God's used that to work in your life, to make you more like Christ, to continue to mature you in your faith through the time you've been here. I think it's a, a process because hopefully when you, when you, whoever you are, when you first get saved, you're you're not at the same spiritual level you are 20 years later. And that sort of goes back maybe with the church. At the time, I thought thought First Baptist is and was a great church because it was. I mean, there's a lot of people who attended, a lot of people who got saved. But but I think just like ourselves, I think our church has has focused on the most important stuff a lot more, Mm -hmm. Uh, seeing people saved, spreading the word. We did have, I'm sure, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure we ha- were, were involved in missions back then. I just can't think of it off the top of my head. But now it's very personable, our yeah. missions are. are uh, we had our class uh, had uh, Jan and I uh, can't remember Jan and Harry. Harry, Harry and Jan, yeah. Uh, they actually came to our Sunday school class to speak to us. So mm-hmm. that's somebody that you support, support in missions that are actually that you are personally involved with. So. Yeah. I think as our church has gone through the years, we've probably gotten tried to get rid of uh, some of the fluff and focus mm-hmm. a whole lot more on the most important stuff is the Word. Yeah, and that's hopefully how we are. Is hopefully as we've grown, we, we've you know hopefully fine tune and focusing more on ourselves and in our spiritual or the state of our spiritual. Right. Yeah. Amen. Dana, what about you? Well, I feel like I'm, we may be here a while. <laughs> okay, we'll settle in. <laughs> oh, there's so many things I could say about 
my growth here at Grace Life. So many people, mm-hmm. you know, have poured into me over the years. It all started when I came, you know, as that beginning college student. Um, we've mentioned friends like Jean Griffith, Laurie Livingston. They they met with me, Leslie and Laurie Landers, the twins. Mm-hmm. They discipled me, held me accountable. when We'd have Monday night visitation. If I didn't drive off the mountain from New Bethel to here, they were calling, <laughs> where are you? They really held me accountable. Brother Noel Wright, who was Mm -hmm. heading up visitation at the time, sometimes after visitation, several of us would just sit in his office, and he would just talk with us. Brother Noel can talk. Yes, talk to us about (laughs) spiritual things, yes. And um, Uh, just, you know, just really pouring time into us. Over the years, I have been in several ladies' small group classes, and like right now I'm in Lisa Knight's class. Oh, my goodness, how much mm-hmm. I've grown this year. I never thought as a 55-year-old person there would still be a lot for me mm-hmm. to learn. But she has opened my eyes to mm-hmm. so many That's spiritual wonderful. truths this year. I mean, she's changed my life literally this mm-hmm. year. That's um, great. The Lord's convicted me of several things this year. Like I think a tool that Satan uses in, uses in my life and has for a long time is to keep me busy. Mm. Busy, 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 to where I don't have time to reach out to others or minister to others or study God's Word. And so that's something that I think God has been working in me for several years now. And it's just finally, I finally Mm. come to that realization that, you know, that's Satan's tool in my life. Gosh, we've been ministered to over the years. We've had some unusual health issues with our children over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick was born with a heart problem. I remember that. We knew two days after we were expecting heart surgery his first year of life. We had to keep him home for that whole year. They wouldn't let us take him out in public. And thank goodness at that time, we had 8 o'clock Sunday school and mm-hmm. maybe 9.30, 8 o'clock. Well, I think it was the service in between maybe. Nine thirty. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think. So one of us would come to Sunday school early. We'd take turns staying for the service. One would come late. So, you know, people just ministered to us, and we couldn't have visitors, but they might leave things on the front porch sure. or leave a meal on the front porch, you know. And um, and then John Mark had a terrible accident as a two-year-old, broke his femur completely in two, and that was while we were trying mm-hmm. to deal with Nick's issue. We even had to have a third person to swap swap out hospital duty while John Mark was laid up for wow. three weeks in the hospital in traction. So sometimes people from the church would come mm-hmm. and, Stay light with John Mark from Men's Hospital till one of us could get there. It's just been multiple things. John Mark, probably what, eight or nine years ago, had an accident where lost that. a portion of his fingers. Mm-hmm. People ministered to us then. I mean, we have such gracious, gracious members here yeah. who really reach out and, yeah. um, you know, are, become the hands and feet of, of Jesus um, yeah. during those times. And I've mentioned the accountability notebook. Boy, mm-hmm. have I used that in my life. So I think here at Grace Life, we have learned to have an intimate personal relationship with Christ. Mm. I think we've both grown in that area. Nothing brings me greater joy than to walk into the kitchen after Mark has gone to school and see that his Bible and small group lesson is open on the kitchen table. Mm. I think Mark has grown tremendously as a spiritual leader of our home, too. Talk to me about this. I mean, you guys, y'all have deep roots here at Grace Life, having you know, first started coming here in 86 and being here. Was there ever a time where you thought, I, you know, maybe we need to try something new? Honestly, no. Yeah, amen. You know, I've always, I don't know, I, it's nothing that we've done specifically, but 
You know, there there have been some transitions in sure. our church. Sure. But I've never felt, I mean, and, and, you know, I've never felt that there was anything wrong. Because sometimes when you do right, things are not always easy. Yeah, amen. And, you know, it's not to say that there's not great Christians in other churches. Absolutely. I mean, because there's Christians all the way around the world, and that's, you know, everybody can't attend one church. But at the time, I didn't see you know, because we, we had these discussions because there was, you know, a lot of a lot of our friends left and they're still friends today and mm-hmm. and they're still very loyal to the Lord. But just at the time that we were here, we just didn't see the need to leave. We didn't see anything specifically wrong. And I, I'm, I'm thankful because in our lives, this is not for, you know, I mean, everybody's different, but in our lives, the Lord has been faithful in so many ways. Just like with some of the things Dana's talked about with our kids, you know, we sort of had some weird health issues with the kids, but you couldn't tell it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they're they're fine. Even after John Mark Saxton, I thought, how's uh, how's he even going to be able to support a family? And then the Lord provided a a great job for him. And anything that ever any valley that we ever may go through. The Lord has always been faithful. Mm-hmm. So my thought was always, well, why should we change anything? If the Lord sure. is faithful to us mm-hmm. here, what gives us the right to want to leave? Yeah. Can I did... speak to that a little bit? Mm-hmm. This will sure. go back to what I said earlier about Mark being the spiritual leader of our home. You know, as a woman, sometimes you have these emotions and feelings that, you know, can take mm-hmm. over. And so when we've gone through some tough situations in our church and we had very good friends leave, Mm -hmm. I would look at Mark and say, what's going on? Mm -hmm. You know, why are they leaving? Is this something we should be concerned about? Every time Mark was like, nope, we're just going to stay the path. You know, the Lord will show us if there's something that, you know. Yeah. And that was helpful for you as his wife, right? Yes. Yeah. To know that you had a leader. Right. That was, you know, lovingly and graciously just saying, we're good. Right. Let's just keep doing what the Lord's called us to. Reassured me. And yes. Amen. So Amen. He's, <laughs> he led us in that. That's great. That's wonderful. Now, one thing that you guys have brought up a lot are, are people. People. So you've already given us several names, but but maybe some others. Mark, we'll start with you. Maybe some others just through years, you know, relationships, people that have made an impact on you here at Grace Life. Maybe it's a small group leader. Maybe someone in a small group. I, I know, you know, they're we can't name them all. I understand that. You know, if y'all are probably like me, there's so many relationships through the years. But maybe some people that God's used to make an impact in your life. I, I mean, you know, to say there's hundreds of men and also ladies as well. But I'm speaking specifically from as a male. You know, for you know, like Dana talked about when we very first started. When I first started, we we were in Phil and Becky's class and. It was sort of a weird thing that, you know, here I am just sort of coming to this church and we would go to uh, these people's houses and they would cook for us and, you know, have games and all that. I'm like, man, these are some nice people, you know. I mean, like, I'm just dropping in. They don't know me from anybody. And, you know, they're they're putting on these uh, social get-togethers constantly, you know. So that was sort of the first Corporate, like you know, I, I spoke about other people just inter, you know, encouraging me. Mm-hmm. But you know, small group leaders, they always went out of their way and constantly invited us, and that you know, that was a very 
but it's been different people, you know, whether it's people that you did accountability with. I was in accountability with Brother Bill Newman here, and uh, th- there's been several. There there've been several of them, and it's always good in a sense to. In Sunday school, every couple of years, you might have good new teachers and that, mm-hmm. and it's always you always learn something new yep. from different teachers. But when I was when uh, when I was younger, like I said, uh, we were I think started off a lot more in couples classes, maybe when we were just very young. But uh, like I said, uh, uh, Brother Bill, I was in accountability with Brother Bill. I think I was in uh, accountability with a lot of lot of different groups. But I don't know if I can go back and think of it's been so many years ago how, who some of my first Sunday school teachers were. But some of the you know last many years I've had such great Sunday school teachers and and they still teach you so much that is uh, applicable to what's going on in our daily life about being sanctified and all of that. So that's a, sort of a tough question. I, I I don't know. I would I wish I would have wrote down every Sunday school teacher's <laughs> name because I've had a bunch of them over the years since about eighty eighty six eighty seven. Yeah. Dana, anybody else you want to mention? You mentioned a few. Um, anybody else you want oh, to mention? You know, you always worry you'll leave somebody out, but I, just thinking back on more recent, I guess, Cassie Tyler and I have, mm-hmm. we developed a very close friendship over the years. Of course, we taught Sunday school together for a while in the youth okay. department. Yeah. And we just, she's been somebody that, she may be surprised at me saying this, but she has kept me grounded through the okay. years. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I could call her over things. Mm-hmm. And she would give me biblical advice. And so I appreciated that. Kathy Underwood, I was in her class for two or three years. Learned so much under her. As a matter of fact, I was in trouble with Brother David a couple of times for not moving (laughs) up when I was supposed to. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Brother David will get you on that. Yes, yes. And um, gosh, Allison McAllister has really poured into me. Mm -hmm. She's really taken our daughter under her wing this last year. and, And had her come over to her house a good bit and right. uh, ministered to her. Sarah's kind of had a tough time in her life, you know, lately. Right. And so that's been huge. Your wife, Sarah Freeman. There's been several people that have poured into Sarah, and yeah. I, I sincerely appreciate that. Vicki Klopfilter's her teacher now, and Mary Ann Thompson and Sarah's outreaching for them. And Great. they have taught her a lot this year about service. Yeah, I They've bet. had a lot of baby showers and oh, bridal yeah. teas. Oh, yeah. They're and in that age category for yes, sure. Yes, yes. So, gosh, we could just go on and on. I mean, yeah. I know Mark has enjoyed times of working out with you, Brother Matt, yeah. and the men there. Enjoys and maybe not always the word yeah. workout. <laughs> right. I mean, after, after in fact, yeah. we can yeah. say we enjoyed it, but yes. But it, 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 it is fun. To not, you know, it's, it's just a great thing to be uh, yeah. surrounded. And that's what I told Dana. I like working out just because it's great, great Christian guys to work out with. And, yeah. and it's yeah. good just to surround. And, and we have so many quality men around here mm-hmm. that Amen. and uh yes. and everybody has different interests everybody's different mm-hmm. but we all sort of share the same thing you know that's right yeah and especially if you know the background that i come from you know not in a uh, not growing up in a mm-hmm. christian church like grace life it, it's just great to surround surround yourself with good people but there's so many people that you know that their their name slipped my mind but but that's okay because we're not in this for our own selves. We're only in this to glorify God. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't really care if anybody ever mentions my name or not Amen. as long as I'm doing my job. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, so. Absolutely. 
Well, thank you guys so much for being willing to come in and share with us and your Grace Life story, as with all the folks we interviewed. It's still going, and so we look forward to seeing how the Lord's going to continue to work in your life, to grow you, mature you. You, you guys are fortunate. you got grandkids now here at Grace Life as well, and, and that, so y'all are kind of coming full circle in this thing, yes. right? The Lord brought you here and uh, been discipled here, and kids have grown up here now, and now grandkids being brought up, and so that's a that's a blessed life. That so makes me ways. feel a little bit old the way you said that, though, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> well, you're not done yet, so. Can I say something real quick Absolutely. in regards to our children and grandchildren? They have grown up here. They've been here their whole life, mm-hmm. and that's another reason I'm thankful I made the move here, because I feel like they are grounded spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, they're not perfect. Sure. They make mistakes. Right. But we have seen God's faithfulness in their lives so much. Amen. And we are thrilled. Probably the biggest blessing, one of the biggest blessings in our life is all three of our children are in church mm-hmm. and they are faithfully serving here. And we're already seeing in our little nine-year-old granddaughter, you know, she talks about God a lot and mm-hmm. is asking a lot of questions. and. Yeah. And um, my little grandson, Cam, who's five, he he does too. Right. One morning I was taking him to school, and I went the wrong way, and he said something about it. And I said, Mimi's brain's not working. And immediately he said, Dear God, will you give Mimi a good working brain? <laughs> so oh, I'm just so thankful. Yeah. You know, that that's a big blessing Amen. in our yeah. life is to see that. And we tell our kids all the time, God's mm-hmm. been faithful to you. Right. You and know. then for them, him to give us two, two daughter-in-laws that, come, that are part of the church too, I mean, that right. it's it's really I'm not sure how many people get to do it, but it's really sort of you you know something for me and Dana to have our three kids, our two daughter-in-laws, and three grandkids. And if the kids were not in the nursery, we would all sit on the same pew. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that is absolutely well. Thank you guys so much. So good to hear your Grace Life story and how God's worked in your lives and how He's going to continue to work in your life. We look forward to seeing how He's going to do that. Thanks for helping us out today and telling your stories. Thank you. We enjoyed it. Thank you. We hope you'll join us again next week for another episode of My Grace Life Story. As members of Grace Life Church of the Shoals share their stories of redemption and grace. To find out more, visit gracelifeshoals.org. This podcast is a production of Grace Life Media.